Well, the technology did us in again, but that's okay. We're like a good baseball team with a good pitching staff. I walk out to the mound, look out to the bullpen, and here comes the righty. He is the proprietor of No Coast Media KC, tailgate tourist sometimes. He is reveling in what has happened over the weekend. We had to get an episode in. Aaron's computer, again, melted down. I believe it was his, his motherboard, he told me, has gone to heck. I think it's melting like the face of, was it a Nazi in Indiana Jones? And so he's been down for the count for a few days, really. So what do we do? Right back to him. Drew Rich is in the house. He put on the exact same jersey. It's good to see you. Mazel tov. You, yeah. I, I'm superstition. Yet last week went well, so got to wear the same jersey. Exactly. Uh, like, a, like an athlete who has to wear the same jock strap or, or his socks the same way. Yep. Uh, Drew's looking for another perfect game here. Uh, but how you doing? How, how's the week been? I'm good. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Aaron's computer, but his loss is my gain once again. So uh, I get another conversation with you. That's a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy week uh, full of emotions that I'm not quite used to, but uh, it's been fun. Absolutely. So quick little rundown. It's going to be, we, we had to get an episode for sure, because even if Aaron can express what his emotions have been, uh, that's why I want to bring Drew in. I am going to talk about Mookie Betts and what happened in the baseball world. But considering what is slowly and surely becoming the, the topic that is more and more in our rearview mirror over the course of this week, <laughs> the NFL season is now over. There is a new champion. There is a new king of the mountain, if you will. And Drew, you're right there in the middle of it. First, I guess, take me through the Sunday. I somewhat experienced it last year with the Rams, and it just quickly went right down the hill. <laughs> but take me through your day and what ensued from, from there on out. Yeah, Sunday was a day of just trying to keep busy, stay uh, stay busy so I'm not just pacing, running <laughs> running a circle through the carpet. Um, and I quickly realized it took my team being in the Super Bowl to realize how little the national media knows about, you know, your team and the ins and outs of your team, yeah. which not complaining. they I'm sure they have a lot to learn and stuff like that, but hearing the breakdown of why they thought the score would be one thing or another. I just was kind of like, I don't, that's not adding to my life. I'm just going to watch some <laughs> YouTube highlights and uh, maybe some nervous cleaning around the house and then wait for uh, the, the kickoff. Um, and then it was a nerve wracking game. It yep. was kind of it's pretty what I've been, yeah, what I've been used to uh, through this chiefs playoff run, um, except the tie was almost more nerve wracking than being down. It was a little different. And then finally they did go down by 10. Um, and I think it was Nick Wright that tweeted, <laughs> it took them long enough, but finally the chiefs have the Niners right where they want them. Right. Yeah. And I, th- uh, I think Troy even said some in the broadcast, right? It's like, they've been coming back all, all posted. I don't know if they necessarily got them where they want them, but this right. is what they've been doing. It's like, okay, Troy, we'll, just, we'll, we'll see. Won't we? And they did. Yeah. They did. So, um, and then, kind of just an amazing run of play again and before i knew it uh the confetti was popping and and we were celebrating a a come from behind win so that was we meaning the people i was with i didn't i didn't uh win the game i don't know i thought you i thought i'm looking at the stats right now didn't you have five solo tackles and a forced fumble when i say (laughs) we i meant me and the members of the watch party i was with were celebrating gotcha Uh, so yeah it was it was a great night and then um the parade yesterday uh seeing 
seeing your city all out together is what time did you get out there for <clears throat> uh, i was there early <laughs> uh, i got out at 6 a.m um probably you were, found you were there at six uh 6 15 6 20 okay uh so up before six um down in the city probably got to my spot around 6 30 a.m mm-hmm. um, but i was out there taking pictures knew i wasn't going to you know find a place and camp out so i just kind of wandered um tried to see what different sure. uh clumps of people were were doing and it was cold um but people were there and they were loud as normal and and it was a fun way a different way to see the city that i've been around for a while here's my thing about comebacks in the nfl i'll get i'll just get right into it here like it takes a lot for sure to, to come back and in, especially in a sport where it's on a pretty possession by possession basis yeah it, it's it's important but like when a team goes down 21 to nothing and again scoring is different in football and it's every sport is different in some way but when a team comes and i'm not taking anything away from yeah. kc I, this is just what i find funny i'm waiting it's, for the butt it's so say it's 21 to nothing. Technically, okay. you're only down three to nothing, right? So sure. like if in the baseball, if a team is down three nothing, no one's like, no one's really panicking. In basketball, yeah. three-point game is nothing. And again, different variables. It's just yeah. like, it's three nothing in essence. It just right. looks worse because of the scoring Depend- system in football. Yeah, and it depends on the team that you're rooting for too. Because sometimes, if you're rooting for the Titans, twenty-one nothing is a big hill to climb because sure. of how the Titans scored throughout. It's the sort season. of like a mental right hurdle in in the game of football. It's like, oh my god, we have twenty-one points to overcome here. Right, and it's like it's been ingrained in me when I saw third and long rooting for the Chiefs that that was okay. We'll punt, and I'm only two years <laughs> into this this uh, fandom true. of saying, Oh, third and long is okay. We get third and long is manageable. Um, so I, I still have some of those uh, ways of rooting that is ingrained in me um, that I, I get nervous when they're down and I get nervous when it's third down, but those are slowly withering away, um, I guess. And, <laughs> and like the I Texans just, game was 24, nothing that felt like, like the Texans yeah. had it. And, and it wasn't until that return by Hardman, that right. felt familiar. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. And they, they, that's when it really felt like, okay, they're going to score here. They're going to get back into it. Like that, I guess with the points comes momentum in a way, right? So Which is why I right. get why. It's just I, I've always found that funny. Um, yeah. So I guess – so back on Super Bowl Sunday, yes. we talked about it last week. You had the, the bartering system, if you will. You had the barbecue, right. correct? Yes, we had barbecue, wings, uh, sides aplenty. Um, but this, I was, this was, I was interested to see what, cause normally just a fiend for snacks, uh, love <laughs> them, not shamed of it. Just a big snack guy. You and I both, but got wandering fingers, we had a nervous, <laughs> yeah, there was a nervous stomach at this party and I didn't take full ad- advantage of the spread. Um, so this was the first time I had to like prepare a plate for my daughter. So that took over as well. <laughs> and then nervous watching the chiefs in it so i look back at that night and oh what could have been with the wings and the delicious barbecue but yeah i still i had enough to know that it was a good spread i mean i think you'll be able to make up for it in years to come <laughs> i mean i hate to break it to you that the chiefs may not be in the super bowl every single year as, as you found out yeah, um, i don't take that they may 
you know, for the next five to 10 years, who knows with the AFC and the way it's developing. But I feel confident saying that. So you'll, you'll probably have more opportunities for, for youngies. I think of great quarterbacks in the past, though, who you would have thought would be back. And that's not true in football. It's, you know, we laugh about LeBron saying not one, not two, not, two, not yeah. three. But in basketball, it feels easier for a player. I mean, we've seen it for someone to have consistency making it to the finals um, for whatever reason. But rooting for a football team with a star player like Patrick Mahomes, it's not guaranteed. And so I will – this one feels good, and it does feel like next year, you know, there's some players that we might not be able to afford after we pay Patrick Mahomes, but um, we're set up as best we could be to make it again. The team is what's the word on the street. Will the extension come this off season you you feel, or will they, because he has what one more year on contract before they have to start thinking about uh, franchise tagging and and things of that nature. So what's the word there? What do you feel? What what we've heard is the chiefs front office. Don't, they don't want to ruffle any feathers whatsoever. They want to get it. They won't tag him. That's for sure. No, they want uh, earlier. Um, then not, they just want Patrick to be, I mean, he has the keys to the, mm-hmm. to the kingdom as it were. So he, uh, <laughs> he's got the front door to arrowhead. <laughs> I think it will be done this off season is from what Kansas city sports radio and, and talking heads are saying. So that's what makes things interesting in the NFL. Right. And like, yep. so that extension potentially kicks in. Yep. Well, I guess it wouldn't kick in this year, but you know, in a year or so when that extension kicks in and he's, probably eating up a ton of salary cap space it, yeah. it is it, it's the salary cap league it is the nature of the beast and that it's a brutal sport right so you never yeah. know you're one play away from your your best players getting knocked out for a few games yeah uh, absolutely it's uh, as much as i dislike tom brady and again a big middle finger to tom brady for that ad stunt oh on sunday gosh. the hulu yeah. it made me sick that <laughs> i was like god i have hulu we probably paid – I don't want to have Hulu anymore, but we probably <laughs> contributed yeah. to, to this whole thing. But you got it. Was, that was surprising to me because I kind of jokingly talk down to Tom Brady just because of the team he's on. But in the back of my head, I know he'll be someone that we talk about for a long time as we got to see Tom oh, Brady play. Yeah. Um, it's like how old people s- are like, we saw Joe Montana, Dan, Dan Marino. Sure. It'll be right. Tom but, Brady, and it's probably even more impactful. Yeah, so I brush aside like, oh, he kisses his kids different than I probably would. But that, that, <laughs> that commercial stunt, put, putting it, what was it, Friday? Or it was like right, Thursday or Friday or something. Thursday like or Friday. That was just, I don't know. I just didn't like it, but whatever. I hope he goes to Vegas. I hope he goes to Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I don't want him in the AFC West, actually. So I don't think you have any. Honestly, if he, if he plays like he did, like I know the roster around him, wasn't great in New England this year. I, I can't imagine. I just hope he goes to Las Vegas and his old husk of a body gets sucked right into a penny slot machine. How do you eat <laughs> Tom Brady clean, though, with all those Vegas buffets? I mean, that's a true willpower right. test. <laughs> he is the king of elasticity and eating clean. And yep, and not wearing Uggs in the desert, probably. The TB12 method, ah, he'd find a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's very well air-conditioned in those uh, huge resorts and casinos. Again, there's Tom Brady getting us. Off yeah, the, off the rails, brother. <laughs> We're feeding right into the monster. But so the AFC with the, you know, and the salary cap, and the roster and the injuries, and that's that's where I got into is that 
he has kept himself upright. He has kept himself, yep. yeah. you know, a viable player for New England to be in there day in, week in, week out. And he's also never helps. And exactly. And Giselle's money has helped in that it hasn't eaten up their salary cap. Right. So while he's still under this rookie deal, I don't know. I don't want to say that's when you got to strike while the iron's hot. We'll see. Because the only examples I can think of would be Seattle with Russell Wilson. They gave him a huge extension. And their offensive line went to garbage. But you have a magician under center, and he almost makes it work. Right. Russell Wilson's amazing. And then the Saints. People kind of forget. I, I, I believe that people forget that the Saints were pretty mediocre about five years ago, give or take, middle of of the past decade, mm-hmm. and they were in salary cap hell. Um, Drew Brees was still great. He was still putting up numbers, but the rest of the team, it got affected. Yeah. And uh, something you brought up, I think it was even yesterday, in our group of friends was, so what happens with Chris Jones, a guy who um, <coughs> right was pivotal in their comeback, right. and that Garoppolo couldn't get the ball over his outstretched hands. Right, And Absolutely. he's been right there in the middle of the defense. So does that bite start this year? Uh, that is what I'm most intrigued about with this franchise moving forward. Yeah, I think the defense um, obviously played a huge role in that Super Bowl, or in the playoffs and the Super Bowl and the end of the season. Um, and whatever they can do to keep the people that finally, it seems like, got Spagnuolo's system down and, yeah. and thrived in it, if they can keep that for one more year, that's just a, you know, a huge benefit um but and obviously when you have the best player on the field like you're gonna have the best shot right like Mahomes sure. is gonna be the best player in every game right for the most part barring a few games maybe here or there yeah uh, so that's that's why they're always gonna have a shot Let, let's he, get into the game a little bit here and there and yeah. not necessarily x's and o's but sort of the trends what we saw and i were i want to start at the top really and that did you i personally did not think Mahomes was the mvp of the game Sure. But I do know that when there's you have a game that's sort of bereft of a yeah. clear-cut MVP, it's like, yeah, well, the QB played well enough. And right. the one throw led to the win. Uh, did you feel the same way, or did you think he was the clear-cut MVP? No, no. I thought, I mean, I kind of know. I know the writing on the wall. If If a team wins and the quarterback didn't just absolutely stink, the quarterback's going to be the MVP. Right. Um, and when you have – a budding face of the, of the NFL, mm-hmm. they're going to do everything they can to get him on a float in Disney world. Uh, because <laughs> as much as I thought, maybe push it to Damien. Um, I mean, he's going to be, done. he's going to be in Kansas city uh, history for the rest of his life. I mean, it doesn't matter what he does that, that touchdown at the end, um, the play from like, what was it? The 1942 Rose bowl. That's not the right year, but yeah, I that, know the, yeah, the boy the band spin, <laughs> right? And yeah, I mean, these plays are gonna just—that's what makes you know, any fan base, but Kansas City fans for sure uh, love Damian. He's a—he's uh, gonna do well. And I thought it would have been nice for him to get the MVP, but I also understand why Patrick Mahomes did get the MVP. And when it boils down to it, I don't think the Chiefs win the game without Patrick Mahomes, even though he struggled in the beginning. So. I think it's splitting hairs a little bit, but that third and 15 pass to Tyreek Hill, not many other quarterbacks that I've watched nope. are able to do that unless they get both feet under them and, and can really have a strong base. And he was off balance, escaping pressure and 
mm-hmm. put it where it needed to be. So I thought that was his best part of his game. Truly, right. Uh, right. was the ability to because San Francisco got their pressure. I thought they did yeah. a lot better than Tennessee. I thought they did way better than Houston, and, and putting Mahomes in a tough situation. He just and you watch him obviously on a, on a game in game out basis. I watch him generally on highlights and then standalone primetime games. Yep. And I know he's a force. I know he's a freak, especially with the arm talent. But his ability to get out of tackles, you know, to evade pressure. Like, I, and again, I know he's a mobile quarterback. In fact, I think you and I talked about it uh, last week. He's using his feet more than ever this postseason. Mm-hmm. But he got out of Nick Bosa's grasp. Right. Uh, There's a couple times where I thought he was sacked and he got out and turned nothing into make it, whether it, it be a five-yard gain right. or the huge gain to uh, Tyreek Hill. And I thought that was his biggest impact uh, on the entire contest, truly. Right. And I think part of it is, as fans, we like to compartmentalize of uh, we put people in groups of things we've seen before. And because Patrick Mahomes can do so much other stuff, mm-hmm. we don't immediately – our minds don't immediately go to how elusive he is and how he can make things happen with his feet. But when you break down um, his play, that's a huge strength of his – and it makes for you want a good offensive line, but you don't feel like in these young years of his that you True. absolutely have to have a strong offensive line to succeed. Um, but I also try to temper, I think, as most people do. I I don't know how to rightly react to Patrick Mahomes because it feels like we're over-hyping him, but it's just hard not to. It is hard. I mean, sometimes you just get that feeling, right? Like right. there's when when you're seeing something that you haven't really seen before cuz compare him to a young Brett Favre. Maybe, you know, with the audacious arm strength and the escapability and a little bit of hint of sprinkle of of magic here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, you get that in Favre, you get that in Mahomes. I've always sort of felt more Aaron Rodgers if anything, the coolest mm-hmm. cat on the field uh, again the arm strength, the ability to make throws that aren't traditional. You're not going to see how Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes throw the ball on a DVD, right, of, of quarterbacking. You're right. not going to go to one of the dozens of quarterback camps here, here in Orange County where they're <laughs> practicing seven-step drops and, you know, pump fake and go. It's, like, right. it's all mechanic, robo, QBs, you know, six-foot-six yeah. six with laser-power arms. But <laughs> – it's the ability, it's the baseball player in him, right? The the shortstop throwing from different. So I actually hadn't heard about his baseball background. That's interesting. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I don't kidding. know. Just I'm just kidding. letting I'm you kidding. know, his dad played a little bit of baseball. Pretty much, <laughs> might as well be his middle name. But yeah, I I agree. You don't. But there's something, were, there is something different, right? Maybe it's the yeah. voice. And he's uh, been here. Two, he's <laughs> been here two years, or he started for two years, and both years, you know have been the best years Huge of football success. I've watched. Yeah. As a fan, even the one game he started right at the tail end of his rookie year, right. Weren't yeah. they going to the playoffs and they gave him a, a start. To yeah. Rest. Alex Smith sat and he went into Denver. Um, and it was a good team that year. So it wasn't like, obviously you've mentioned they're going to the playoffs. He, he won in Denver and we were as fans, chiefs fans were just, uh, couldn't believe because we heard there would be on radio shows and in newspapers like the practice squad really is excited about Patrick Mahomes (laughs) and you're just like okay I mean there's always I want to be excited too yeah right right. but But, there's always the tale of the guy who's not like everyone's always excited about what you don't know yeah 
Yeah, and then when we saw him in Denver, and then the preseason game of his first full year starting, he threw a ridiculous pass in Atlanta, and I don't want to right the hyperbole, but that it just flew forever. I do, I do remember that landed right in Tyree Kill's breadbasket, and so that was just like, oh boy, um, and then it just really has to slow down. You know, when his knee came out of socket, that was a rough part, but you know. Yeah, it's just been it's just been a, a huge marathon of trying to keep my emotions in a realistic way of what Patrick Mahomes can do. Um and it's getting harder and harder. But well you were the one who first said this, I believe, last year. That yeah. in my memory that I'm sure I was. the NFL <laughs> well, credit where creds do. It was it was <laughs> that this is potentially the Steph Curry of the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, not just because really, he's mixed. <laughs> people have really clamored onto that comparison ever since and, and I said it. You were you were definitely, and I, you know, it was broadcast over from the group me into the world. But it does seem to be. I'm sure we're going to see kids trying to emulate. You know, Pat. I'm sure we'll see the headbands. I'm sure we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't really see kids trying no look throws because didn't he sort of shelve that after overthrowing <laughs> Kelsey? Well, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> but even further away from how he plays you can see the league of the NFL, their rules are catering to offensive players, just like the rules were starting to cater towards the way Steph Curry plays. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So the league is shifting um, right at a time where you want an offensive star like that. I mean, you would have taken him any time of the league, but this is a, (laughs) a certainly a good one because he can also, as much as shady as it feels, he can get pass interference um calls because of the speed of his receivers um even sometimes if they're unwarranted which i don't know if if uh or that was a different one (laughs) so let's talk let's talk pis here uh you know my rule or you know my saying that only idiots blame the referees for a loss right yeah and i agree with it um san francisco and here the cynic in me is now gonna have to shift this to the other side because the better story generally is in the losing locker room as right. I like to say. Absolutely, yeah. So l- let's start with the offensive pass interference. Yeah. Was it OPI? Probably. Should it have been called? Probably not. No. But that's not my issue with what happened with San Francisco. My take on the game was that I believed that San Francisco's offense was going to do a little bit more than Kansas City's defense. And for a little bit there... Because I thought the defense and the offense on the other side of the ball was going to even itself out, which I think mm-hmm. essentially happened. Yeah. First half, the Niners dominated defensively. Second half is when the Chiefs made their, their comeback. Right. Evened out. So my biggest issue was that when that offensive pass interference and Kittle got called, you're screwed out of the half. But instead of having, what was it, like 10 seconds? Right. Truly, they should have had, what, a minute 15 or so? Yeah. And they could have still fought for field goal position or at least had an attempt. Instead, next play, they kneel. And that's halftime. Uh, I thought, and I know this is not a burning hot take that no one else is saying, right? but not taking that time out in the first half, it affected them on, on their final drive or their second to final drive when, um, was it, Clark got in there and you see the shot of Garoppolo with the ball over his head. It's like, no, nah, I'm trying to yeah. throw it away. <laughs> that was that drive when they're down, right? And they're down yeah. by four. Uh- could have only been down by one and right. driving to get into field goal range. Um, 
I was I remember at the Super Bowl party thinking the the TV producers just hadn't registered it and saying like oh he definitely called a timeout right? like the clock is on the TV is just running and then they showed John Lynch he's going call timeout right call yeah timeout. yeah so yeah, it wasn't so, even like a team mentality right and I know if I if it's obvious enough to me because schematics and play like. I click Ask Madden a lot when I'm playing video games. Oh, it's only like, way to go through it. <laughs> schemes and offensive uh, strategies are not why I watch the game. Engage it's not eight. What, that's me. Right. It's not what made. <laughs> it's not what made me fall in love with the game. So when I'm saying uh, you guys should be doing this, like this is obvious, <laughs> you should be doing this. I know that it is, you know, what they should have been doing. It was it's obvious. Just, it what it reeked of was just being a big wuss. Insecurity. He, yeah. He's he's sitting there saying, "Oh, we're going to be tied with this offense heading into halftime. We'll whoop to skip. It's the Super Bowl. I'm happy right. with being tied at halftime instead of going for the gusto potentially." What are you going to do with your timeouts at halftime? Take them to Vegas. Shakir doesn't care. Jennifer well, Lopez doesn't care about the timeouts. No, no yeah, take don't. them. And it's not like the Chiefs had an <laughs> insane history of return, you know, scoring points on defense. So, like, what was the uh, yeah, risk? Especially. I guess. Chiefs had their timeouts too, so you think maybe if they pull off a great play, they have all their timeouts, and that's dangerous. Well, Reed but, did try that, right? Because the Niners tried to run out the clock, and yeah. so the Chiefs called that timeout, hoping right. for at least a chance for uh, Hardman or, or Hill to return one, and right. they pick up that huge gain on third down. Right. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden Shanahan's like, oh, hello. If only I had more time, right? <laughs> yeah, would be nice. <laughs> so I, I thought that was just – that was atrocious. Right. call it what it is and then i thought that they abandoned the run in the second half the numbers i don't know if they necessarily bear it out other than garoppolo having 31 throws mm-hmm. and san francisco as a team having 22 which again mm-hmm. or 22 rushes excuse me uh, which takes into account sacks as well but i don't have an official number for this i don't have enough times to say this is when this i just remember a lot of times they'd pick up maybe like five yards on first down on the ground Right. Oh, yeah. And then Shanahan throws the next two downs. And some of those throws, again, come on a drive when Garoppolo is trying to get them back into the game. Yep. But I combine this game with what he did as an offensive coordinator again with Atlanta in that Super Bowl when they definitely forgot to run the ball. And I don't know. I think Shanahan's got to wear it a lot on this. I'm, I'm really not taking away anything from Kansas City. Right. I thought they were. I thought they were probably the better team on the day because the defense to me, Damian Williams was great, but the defense as a unit, I thought was the MVP for Kansas City, which I did not yeah. expect to say over the last two seasons. But I, I just think Shanahan's got to wear it in a big way uh, in this ball game. That's yeah, just I'm, me. I think the best defense going forward for Kansas City is going to be running the clock out, and if you can just happen to get a league lead and run the clock out. That's mm-hmm. the best. I mean, that's why the Chiefs, other than not scoring at all in the first quarter, that's why they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game as much as exactly. before it was offsides. The problem was the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. ran out of time. Um, and if you don't take advantage of that, if you don't do everything you can to run the clock out, the Chiefs will find a way to score. Um, and I think that will be a lesson that maybe coaches – won't make the mistake of uh, forgetting next year. I don't know. But but back to the defense, it was hard as a Chiefs fan to see the defense getting better throughout the season 
while saying, oh, is this because we're playing? Is this the opponent and the defense is taking advantage of, sure. of who they're playing? Or is this the scheme really setting in and, and mm-hmm. the, a new defensive coordinator, uh, it taking half the season to kind of get used to it? And now they are this strong, you know, part of our team because that's been so major not the case. Yeah. Right. And I think it I think they proved it in the playoffs, and maybe you can balance my judgment, uh, because I have Chiefs red colored glasses on. But I don't oh. think you can look at the the second half of the season and say that the Chiefs defense was a beneficiary of weak opponents. I think they found what they were good at and really used it to their advantage and whether it was confusing other teams or overpowering them they found a way to be to not just be good enough but to be um, a shining spot of that team I mean the proof is in the pudding at this point I mean they they went in I I wouldn't say they took on some major powerhouses offensively I, I would agree with that and you could even argue that that's still the case even in the Super Bowl right but True. what they did do is take on division rivals, which I always feel is tough, and a Chargers team that is not bereft of talent offensively, um, right. a Raiders team that probably had the offensive rookie of the year, although, again, default to QBs, Kyler Murray gets the award. Um, yeah. it, you know, you go on the road to New England where once Gillette gets rocking, uh, despite the now, – now looking back, hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, that Patriots offense, it is what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Or am I looking at this the wrong way? No, no, because they did open with Jaguars. And, and of course, the Bears with Trubisky are, are diddly poo. But <laughs> I, I still thought a lot more. Please and thank you. <laughs> I still think in that game against San Francisco, I still think they showed their medal. Yeah, I mean, they they had to both hold the lead, or they they had to keep San Francisco at bay, and then hold the lead in crunch time with the drive and people saying, okay, Jimmy G, you've got your Patriots DNA in you. You're the coolest cat in the building. Is this your moment? And no, it wasn't. In fact, he was exposed, if anything, by the Chiefs defense. Uh, yeah. That, that oh. throw to Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to haunt San Francisco in that group. Right. Oh, for sure. To come. And it's going to haunt Emmanuel Sanders too. Turn down the Chiefs offer. He could have been on the other side. I think as a Chiefs fan, Oops. Chiefs fans will be saying a different thing about the defense in that they might not have taken on the toughest units of that the NFL had to throw at them. They did what they, but they do, took they took down some of the biggest names though. With Deshaun Watson, he had a great first half, but a lot of that quick scoring was just these awful plays that we were just thinking what's going on like it wasn't Deshaun Watson tearing it up there was there was a good you know good plays by Deshaun Watson but they took him and separated him from Patrick Mahomes which before the game people were saying like oh these two are the cream of the crop and he's still good for sure but they handled their business against him and then they dethroned Derrick Henry who people said nobody could stop and they the defense sure. showed that you know these weapons that people think um, that's my be biggest beaten. surprise I yeah. don't know where because earlier in the year I think you will admit that their run defense was not good like that's how they lost to Indianapolis and Houston sure. initially right yes and they were while not elite they were stout I think 
here at the end of the season. So that's what, that's what I'm, and I don't know if it was all Terrell Suggs, who I totally forget, who was on the team to begin with. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't think he played enough, really. So uh, some something along the way, maybe it's playing Tyron Matthew more along the line of scrimmage. Uh, they definitely adjusted, held their own against a, a stout rushing attack all throughout the playoffs. And, and I uh, think when you feel confident in a system, again, the last time I played football was in eighth grade. But when the last when you feel confident yeah, in a system, <laughs> it sure has. You can you can feel freer to play at a higher level when you're not trying to think of am I in the right position? And this is all hearsay again. It sounds ridiculous <laughs> coming out, but we've heard Chiefs players say once the system became familiar they then could play like they knew they can play sure. and they're and it showed uh on the field so you guys running a mike leach type of spread offense there in eighth grade maybe a bit of a student <laughs> body right ground and pound they <laughs> handed the, the cloud of dust <laughs> i th- we were in a game where i got a handoff and i was so excited to show the people what i could do and i think <laughs> i blacked out when the ball touched my hands i do not remember what happened i woke up on the bottom of a pile and that was the end of my running was this back. tackle was this oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. In eighth grade, we had to, we played flag. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could play flag in eighth grade here, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not where the real that's where not where the real men were playing. Yeah. And I remember letting up because I knew a quarterback was about to throw it. I just never had that killer mentality. It turns out. <laughs> My, I did not play like I played seventh and eighth grade flag. Sure. Uh, once it got to the tackle stage, it was like all right. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> and then yeah. my senior year is when I played on <laughs> tackle football team because my good friend was an elite soccer player, just a great uh, athlete as is. Okay. But <laughs> he and I made a package deal nice. <laughs> with the head football coach because he was still playing club soccer, so he could only practice like two times a week. Mm. So my friend Brad said, I'll be the kicker, but I'm only practicing twice a week. And Jonas is my holder, and he's also oh, practicing two times a week. And just to it, get him on the team, the coach was like, "We'll do it." All right, Brad well. ended up playing like safety, but the best. So the best part, I'm bloviating, if you'll allow me. <laughs> but the best part is the rule, at, at least at that time here in California, is if it's your first year in the sport, you okay. can still play JV. Oh, so here right. I am as a 17, 18 year old, what have you, uh, senior in high school. <laughs> going to play jv football we played four jv games and as developed as you are as an 18 year old here i am going up against like are you a freshman freshman? oh gosh so i was playing d end and i remember the the guy the tackle on the end trying to block me i'm trying to get his helmet's to my chest i'm like i don't know what to do i don't i know football i'm not trying to grab you by the head and like pick you (laughs) off to the side so glimpses of javon curse right it was Javon Curse. I felt like Lawrence Taylor. I felt like, you know, I felt like uh, who, who's the the nose tackle for the Bears and not not the fridge. The guy that had like Hayward, the guy who's just too great big. This game, Jonas. You know me. <laughs> we'll move on. I had to. I had to. Get All right. No more any, middle school football talk. Any finishing thoughts on the season and the game for you from your perspective? Uh, I Magic. would just say yeah. It just it is an odd feeling to root for a team that wins the Super Bowl when you're not used to it. I, I mean, guess. you've got two parades in five years. Right. That's good. I, I mean, the world sucks now, but. Right. A lot of Kansas City fans' identity is tied up in kind of heartbreaking losses or like, you know, the 
the plucky kid or the plucky midwestern town and and look now at me, look at me. we're and now we're getting used to parades it it's an identity shift that will be interesting uh to to see um but i don't know i think midwestern humbleness will will uh, win out only one way to find out yeah let's let's stay on that theme uh, that's a little bit of football talk i would be angry at myself if i did not get into the mookie bets talks so transitioning off of that Royals and baseball and all that. Once football ends, it's college basketball and it's baseball season. I believe it is now one week from today, and Drew and I are recording this on Thursday the 6th. 6th. So one week from today, at least the Dodgers are reporting to spring training. Oh, boy. And the new addition to the team, and we'll get into ramifications for both teams involved with this, will be Moogie Betts perhaps arguably not or no argument, the second best player in all of baseball behind Mike Trout. It is a weird situation. It's been an interesting off season in which the Dodgers have attempted to spend their money. Garrett Cole said, no, thank you. I'll go to New York and shave my beard, have show off my fat face. Uh, Anthony Rendon did not want that quote unquote Hollywood lifestyle. So we signed with the angels and oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and from there, it had to be the trade market. J.D. Martinez opts in with the Red Sox. Their owner's worth like $3 billion, but God forbid they pay a couple million in luxury tax. And now here's Mookie Betts. He's available. And from this end, as I am sitting in Los Angeles, if you're able to get, albeit maybe for a one-year rental, uh, the second-best player in baseball, a guy in David Price who's old but has a pedigree, and you're getting the Red Sox, to pay half of his huge bloated deal and you don't give up any of your key prospects of what is a very good farm system. I was pretty over the moon when this news broke. Now the trade is still not official and I, I want to make sure I get this kid's name, right? It's the the guy that the twins are sending to the Red Sox. Uh, it sounds like a, a medicine. His name is Bruzdar Gratterall. Gratterall. Yeah. Gratterall. <laughs> His physical, his medicals are iffy right now. So the deal is still not official as of right now. But you don't go through all this and ostracize the best player on your team and then not move him. Uh, so Mookie Betts will be here in Los Angeles. And it's going to be it's gonna send shockwaves through the baseball world. Not sure. It was in the midst of your, your Royals euphoric Royals, of your Chiefs euphoria. Uh, yeah. Not sure how much you were plugged into this. But it's, it's big stuff happening, certainly here in town here. Well, yeah, and I'm uniquely positioned in a place where the feeling of a team losing a great player because they don't want to pay him. Uh, as a Royals fan, I know that feeling true. all too well. Very true. Um, I've watched the Johnny Damons of the world, the Jermaine Dyes of the world. Beltron. Uh, yeah, the Carlos Beltrons. Um, we've we've raised them as Royals fans, and then we've, you know, if you raised love something, Royal. let it go. <laughs> and if it's true love, They'll come back. Uh, it was never true love. Never nope. came. They never came back. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, so I can speak to it from that point. I, I'm glad there's some things that happen and you wouldn't wish them on your worst enemy. This I wouldn't wish that. No, I wish these feelings <laughs> on Boston Red Sox fans for sure. Um, I hope it happens again, to be quite honest, because just one is like, oh, that stings. Uh, but when it keeps happening, um, then you might be a Royals fan. Um, but it's exciting. I think 
I would be hesitant to be excited about David Price because your ultimate goal is to win in the postseason, mm-hmm. um, and he's not known for that. So, outside. But, so I will say though, it's spring. We all f- can be excited. I got a full dose of David Price in the World Series now two <laughs> years ago, right. and if he's only had one good performance. That was it. In the postseason, I should say. Uh, that was it. He put it right down the Dodgers' yeah. throats in, in, right here at Dodger Stadium, actually. Apparently – oh, no, go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say another thing I can relate to because you mentioned as an aside, it might be a one-year, you mm-hmm. know, brief stint. The Royals won the World Series because of, you know, not even a full year of certain – you know, Johnny Cueto comes to mind. We yep. knew that wasn't going to be a lasting – Zobrist. Right, but these – these are players that when you win, uh, you don't care. You, you know, you go into the years after those names still make you smile uh, yeah. the same as any others because you brought them in for a goal. And if you get that goal, um, it feels great. I mean, the Royals hadn't won since 85. So and then they won in 2015, right? So was that 30 years, 20 years on the dot? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't Dodgers. do math in public, but I think that's correct. <laughs> I should have learned my lesson. I'm much like James May. I try not to run in public, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't try to count on air. And I eat chicken uh, wings by myself, but that's another <laughs> that story. That is true. Um, but Dodgers are now coming up upon, again, 32, 33 years, 1988. It's been a right. long ways away. And, yeah, if they win and Mookie Betts then decides, you know what, I'm going to take the Texas Rangers or I'm going to take the Chicago White Sox, whatever it is, yeah. they're $40 million a year. God bless you. It's all good. They need, and again, what they gave up in the package isn't even a big deal. They gave up a guy in Alex Verdugo who will be under control for about five years, but he also has, for those not aware, a bit of a sordid past. If you want oh to look boy. it up yourself, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, the stuff they traded to the Angels is unfortunate. The biggest loss the Dodgers gave up in this deal is more of an emotional toll to people, to the fans here. Because fans get emotional and they get sure. attached. Like they've had a pretty relative, relatively stable core here or there for the last five, six years. And, and when you start taking the guys where you have some pretty good memories and as fans, we don't know these guys, but we feel like we do. Sure. Oh, yeah. Especially away, in baseball. And, and like you mentioned, um, who did you say? The, the guy, players who have come up in, in your system drafted and you, you sort of become attached to. It yeah, might Beltran, Die, yeah. Damon. So these are the guys that it really Cranky. hurts to see go. But when you take out everything emotional, to throw out a baseball term, it was a home run of a deal once it goes through. <laughs> yeah, uh, They did take on a lot of money. David Price, I, I will be the fr- – I'm someone who looks at the negative side of things. David Price going into that rotation doesn't all of a sudden make it the best rotation in baseball. Don't get me wrong. He and Clayton Kershaw. If we were talking, you know, 2012 – whoa, what a rotation. But uh, it's now 2020. That's not necessarily the case. They're both in their 30s. So, uh, but what they, they, what they don't have in standalone talent other than Walker Bueller at the top of the rotation, they do have in depth. They do have like seven guys who could start games. So whoever's pitching well, they're going to play. So uh, that, was, that was my bit of a baseball spiel. I had to get it out there. It was, it was huge news. We are a little bit up against it. And Drew, I, I will leave you with this. I told you I would send it to you. I was worried that I was in, in, intrusive a bit. No, I know what we're going to, I know what we're about to talk about. Were you peeved at all that I sent you the, the I felt bad. We oh, were so no. close to game time. I sent, so I did make my Cuban sandwich. Uh, it turned out okay. Good. I'm glad you good. enjoyed it. Yep. 
what was your initial thoughts? Uh, passing grade, I mean, picture wise, presentation, yeah. picture wise, plating. Uh, I thought I could have done with a better cross section, but that's okay. The cross section you yeah. sent me looked like you you bit it. Uh, it wasn't really the I clean did. cut I was <laughs> hoping for, but it, they looked good. I saw the pickle. You got the pickle on there, mm-hmm. um, and then a dog right behind it. Oh no, that's your leg. But somebody uh, <laughs> it looked like a dog was wanting a bite. Uh, it's a hairy yeah. white being. So yeah, that was my leg. <laughs> From now on, every uh, location-specific event, I'm going to want to know uh, what the Nordmans are cooking, what's on what's on the dinner. Next menu. year in Tampa, I'm going to have to do some research. Hooters wings. Now. you got to yeah, do Hooters, Hooters wings. wings. <laughs> is, like, really, what else is there? Because Tampa, is that Central Florida? Like, I don't even know if they're on the – no, no. I'm, I'm an idiot. No, they're clearly on the eastern side of Florida. I want to say they're near a bay. Yeah, the, <laughs> Tampa, St. Pete, right? They're right. all across from each other. So what do retirees eat? I've got mm. it. Prunes so, on the menu. Applesauce. <laughs> applesauce. I have that regardless, so it's all good. Drew, I appreciate it. You can catch Drew and his amazing work. Love the, th- the photos were very good yesterday. Got some parade photos up. Yep, No Coast Media KC. At No Coast Media KC. Hopefully once football season – shoot, when's the, the second well, one? No, Jim? yeah, we're going we're gonna, to um, start – focusing on like big 12 basketball is a big big uh, the big 12 tournament is coming to kansas city again mm-hmm. um so hopefully that'll bring up some good pictures uh yeah good video and stuff is tailgate like tourists waiting until all the children are settled into being alive oh man yeah I, well <laughs> i i don't think so i i hope to get to visit some tailgate you know we went went to the college world series that's a close drive um Mm-hmm. I need to get out and travel more. Uh, so I when need to get the second one. I need do? to get Ben on the phone. Uh, May, May sixteenth. So right when the good stuff starts as far as travel wise. But yeah. but might be. I don't know. Football season coming that fall could be yeah possibility. That's a conversation when, to be. When can babies be left alone? That's a conversation probably to be had <laughs> behind closed doors between <laughs> right those engaged or united in holy matrimony. Regardless, appreciate you coming in. Uh, sort of weird circumstances. They've both been day of, but thank you for taking the time. Yep. And uh, mazel again, and hopefully speak with you soon, man. Yep, thank you again for having me on. I hope Aaron's computer gets better, but maybe not too quickly. <laughs> Get well soon. Uh, <laughs> like, subscribe, uh, rate. I'm missing something. Aaron usually does this. Like, subscribe, rate, all of that. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. This has been Both Coast Bias. This is Jonas in Los Angeles. That's that is Drew in Kansas City. So the both coasts don't really play in here, but whatever. It's our world. Deal with it. Bye.